0: Rare that the uh, program has such a big internal discussion meeting of high-level executives before the program on any particular topic. Uh, I've always been pretty transparent that for Scott and I, we rarely ever talk about the show before the show. I mean, we talk before the show, but we never really talk about the show. Am I correct with that? Facts. I never say, Scott, be prepared for this. and. Nope. Um, you know, even what we're talking about, Scott gets a list of guests, but it's not like hey, I want to talk about this and you take that angle. We'll leave that to the other morons on TV. No, usually um, I also find out about audio clips ten seconds before you want them. Isn't that uh, keeping it fresh? Mm-hmm. So um the magic played on Wednesday mm-hmm. game was moved up in time because of the storm that was coming. And the magic won. Well, we didn't do a show yesterday because of the storm. So the question was, would we play the Magic Victory song? Because the Magic won and the next show. Well, there was no show yesterday. Mm -hmm. So there was some internal discussion about, well, it's not our fault there wasn't a show. That's true. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes we get overruled by management or Mm -hmm. Mother Nature. Mm -hmm. And one knows you don't argue with Mother Nature. Exactly. She's undefeated along with Father Time. Yes. Both rank 1, 2 in the BCS poll. Mm.
1: But you know what? What? Even though we just played it, there's also...
0: Am I missing something? No, I, this was the one that I was going to play. Oh, so this was a normal song that you yeah. had in the... Yeah, well, I look, maybe it's a compromise. Mm-hmm. Because a very interested party was curious if we'd be playing the magic victory song a newshead, so, a newshead was yes that would fit into your category uh so we did play the song it will not be played the rest of the day today mm-hmm. because the team didn't win last night correct well there was no game last night hey you know life's about compromises sometime if only Washington was focusing on that but anyway there you go happy uh friday are you okay I'm uh, good from the yeah. storm and I'm, everything i'm You're good right? yeah, yeah yeah i'm good Okay.
1: Did a spin, spin class last night. Went to the or spin class this morning. Movies
0: last night. What did you see last night? Black Panther: Wakanda oh, Forever. Okay. How was it? Uh great. It's, it's an emotional movie. So uh, I, I'm curious. Uh, was the theater crowded again? We had the storm yesterday. Full and, yeah, okay.
1: Yeah. I'm convinced
0: every car in the parking
1: lot was seeing Black Panther last okay. night. Yeah. Yep.
0: Uh, scale of one to five.
1: Uh one to five. Uh, popcorns. Sure. Four and a half popcorns. Four and a half. Yeah. Wow. Uh, let's see, what do we get? Uh, Impossible Chicken Nuggets. I'm sorry, what? Impossible Chicken Nuggets, so plant-based chicken nuggets, or plant-based nuggets. They're very good. Very good. Uh, Twizzlers.
0: Wait, the nuggets come with a sauce?
1: Uh,
0: Honey mustard. Are these for adults, or are these kids that are like, it's supposed to be a dinosaur or something? No, or? they're
1: just nugget-shaped. How many? It's a decent, uh, I don't know how many. Six, eight, ten? like 810 okay yeah uh twizzlers bunch of crunch curly fries
0: wow yeah load it up this uh this sounds like uh 2265 it uh it was it was not not meaning more or less more ah yeah okay all right well and then uh good previews uh yeah good
1: previews yeah seen them all okay already and then really good spin class this morning uh-huh. Yacht Rock Remix. Oh,
0: I would have liked that.
1: You uh, honestly? I bet I would
0: have liked that. I,
1: I, th- that was like
0: I wouldn't mind that music track on the flight today. Probably wouldn't mind listening to that.
1: I mean, I could send you the, I could send you the playlist, but it's like, it's not like the usual yacht rocks. Like, you can call me out is in there. Mm-hmm. Not really sure that would qualify, but it's like. The same kind of vibe. Is it a
0: song or like a mixed uh, a montage of songs?
1: No, it's just kind of like, like if
0: you find a way to mix, you can call me out with Christopher Cross sailing. I'm in. No,
1: it was more uh, like a remix of Ride Like the Wind. Oh, uh, a remix of Easy Lover. Uh uh-huh. A remix of Head Over Heels. Uh-huh. Like uh, remix,
0: like Pitbull got a hold of it. No, oh. No.
1: no no. Uh, I keep forgetting. Okay. Lean on me, like wow. it was.
0: Lean on me of Club Nouveau.
1: DVD. T- 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 I don't know. It just, or Phil it, Withers. Okay. It just says, lean on me dash party version.
0: That could be Club Nouveau. <laughs> okay. All right. There you go. Yeah. Well, good for you. Mm-hmm. Wait. I'm going to actually say this to you. Did you see the trailer? What do you think? Of course I did. What am I talking about? John Wick 4? Yeah! Yes! 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 Are you proud yes! that I saw it? Yes! It was only on the Twitter timeline. I go, All right, I'll click it on and see it. Looks good, doesn't it? Well, for you people that follow that, and, uh-huh. and, and I know a lot of people do, and, and I would imagine if you're into the John Wick movies, then yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. The thing is, me and O'Donnell have been talking about this. Uh-huh. Nope, not going to happen. Why not? Because I didn't, I, I, I saw the first, I didn't see two or three, and it's just, I, you know.
1: You don't have to. Uh,
0: yeah. It's got to be special. I mean, it was, like, it was like three years in the making to go see Top Gun.
1: I thought we kind of agreed that Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. When is that? That's next summer.
0: That seems like, you know, a year plus from when we last saw the movie. It seems like a good time <laughs> this to do is it true, again. true, yeah. Yeah, sure. Seems like a good time to do it again. Um, okay. Let's see. Yeah, like I said, we had a little bit of storm, just debris mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. Didn't lose power. That's Hopefully, good. Hopefully, uh, everybody is safe and and uh, stuff like Oh, by the way, last night. On mm-hmm. Night Talk, okay, Gus Malzahn, we do a, a, a Frank Gay Ask the Qu- Coach Question of the Week, right? Mm-hmm. Last night's question was, do you like popcorn at the movie? Oh, okay. And, look, some of the questions which are great are, you know, peanut butter or jelly, and then mm. there's some sports questions. So when you ask the non-football ones, I'm always kind of curious how Coach is going to handle it. Yeah. Although he knew, I told him at the beginning of the year, look, some questions are not going to be football-related. So... Um, but he got the question, Scott, I got like a, a, a a smile. Gus, like leaned back, folded his arms and I'm guessing you're going hear this. Okay. Mm-hmm. But did, did you think Gus Mazan would be this type of guy? He goes, he likes to get big popcorn with butter mm-hmm. and milk duds. Oh. And he's a, eat some popcorn, go to the milk duds, mm-hmm. come back to popcorn, mm-hmm. finish off milk duds. What's your thoughts? Gus on Milk Dud Guy. Would not have imagined Milk
1: But as we talked about after Halloween, Milk are
0: very underrated. Underrated. Yeah. 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 Gus is a Milk Dud Guy. Like it. How about that? Yeah, I like it. Might work that in the broadcast tomorrow. <laughs> you should. <laughs> Did you then bring
1: up to Gus uh, when we went to the movies and we saw the individual leaving the movie theater with a overflowing tub of popcorn? yeah.
0: I didn't bring that up to Gus. I didn't have time to work that into the conversation. So, I, I, yeah, I, I left that one out. Sorry about it. Um, all right, we got stuff to get you on our program uh, today. Uh, J.C. Carnahan on high school football. And, again, adjusting schedules because of the storm. We got games that are going to be played tomorrow. We got games we played early next week. It's been that kind of year in high school football. He'll preview uh, the very busy weekend that will be of the high school football playoffs getting underway. Uh, Richard Hale going to join us. We'll talk um, uh, with Richard about a variety of topics. It's got sports and law, including the news of the District Attorney in, or the Attorney General of the District of Columbia filing the lawsuit against the Washington Commanders as well as the National Football League. So we'll get to that uh, with Richard uh, coming up. Mike O'Donnell started the college basketball season. Mike did the UCF-UNC Asheville game last week or earlier this week, I should say. And uh some other college basketball and some NBA notes that we'll get to with him. Preview of UCF Tulane, the big game uh of our teams in the state, the only ranked matchup uh and a big one in the American, which we'll have tomorrow for you beginning at one thirty, kickoff set for three thirty and all that and much more coming up on um the program. Um I had one other thing. What did I did I write down to tell Scott? Um I don't know. Oh, I did have people texting me mm-hmm. Wednesday night and even into yesterday because now people are paying attention to the meteorology things that we've talked about. Yeah, why it takes two guys in front of the screen to describe, mm-hmm. you know, the storm, and then the random third person off to the side. Yeah, Tom, I'm right. <laughs> right I got now. a couple of text messages of friends like, you know, what I hadn't noticed it. Now they That's all the only do. Thing it. They notice it's just a random third person on the screen, like, hey, take it serious. I got two guys on the screen and there's a random third person off to the side. We mean business right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean we didn't watch a second of any coverage of what? The storm. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. You know. I I mean I it it, it was on and we didn't mm. lose power and we watched and, and everything. So uh yeah but several texts like, hey, there's the random third person on channel so-and-so. Check it out. Like, yeah, that's another level of, hey, it's really serious right now. Check it out over here. Sorry, Greg. I know you're listening. All right, J.C. Carnahan uh, previews the start of the high school football playoffs and the adjusted schedule. All that and more coming up next.
2: It's time to preview the night of high school football action across Central Florida with the Orlando Sentinels' J.C. Carnahan. Be sure to check out the Sentinel's coverage at orlandosentinel.com and click on the
3: varsity section.
0: When it's all said and done, a song like this, "The Roadhouse Blues" by the Doors. Somebody, maybe I'll be the guy that just buys this guy a good hard drink when it's all done because he's been working his butt off covering all these games and schedule changes and everything. JC Carnahan of the Orlando Sentinel. Uh, good morning. How you doing?
3: Hey, good morning. I tell you what, man. Uh, just another another day, another week in the life, man. It's been it's been. Uh, you talk about the Roadhouse Blues, man. It's been a rocky road throughout the season, man. Uh, you know the playoffs kick off this weekend. I say this weekend because we have just one game tonight. Uh, honestly, I woke up this morning. I didn't even, re- you know, realize it was Friday. To be honest, man. So, uh, but here we are, man, ready to roll.
0: Let me do this before I get to, uh, you know, what the brackets came out and some teams that maybe got left out. Can you share uh, what this week was like and the decision uh, uh, to move games and the difference of Saturday or Monday? And I know you've been communicating with a lot of people. What was all that like?
3: Uh, it was pretty hectic, to be honest with you. And I think that the, from the, the the coaches I, I communicated with there was a lot of um it was a lot of disappointment i think from their point of view when it comes to uh getting guidance from the florida high school athletic association uh because uh they just decided hey uh to let the school districts and individual schools figure out how how they wanted to uh you know proceed with with postponing and all that kind of stuff um some coaches uh preferred hey we have an extra week between the end of the playoffs and the state championship games let's just push the playoffs back uh one week start the first round next weekend instead of uh you know you know scattering the playoffs in terms of some playing on saturday some playing on monday we do have playoff games scheduled to be played on monday i'm hearing that uh potentially the 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 second round for those games will be then on on next saturday instead of a quick turnaround trying to play on friday but, um, some concern, you know, just, just going into games this weekend was, okay, well, certain parts of the state are not dealing with, uh, the storm, they can continue practicing, uh, throughout the week where teams here locally, Orange County, Seminole County, and so forth, they were not able to practice, uh, you know, you know going into, uh, the games this weekend. So no school means no extracurricular activities, no practices. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what these games look like Saturday night, and of course then on Monday as well.
0: Um, when the brackets came out, what are some things that jumped out at you about matchups, uh, shift in the rankings, and who got left out that has an argument?
3: Well, you know, it's funny because after 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 the dust settled, I mean, I was surprised uh, to see that uh, ha- uh, excuse me, Harmony. Uh, got a number eight seed in its class. Uh, they ended up beating a St. Cloud team that, that got an, actually an, an additional win added to its record. We'll talk about that a little bit later uh, because a certain team in the area had the forfeit, so that gave St. Cloud a win, which may have helped Harmony get the number eight seed in its class. Uh, Horizon, we talked about Horizon being a second-year school. Uh, they lost three tough tough matchups to uh, Edgewater, Jones, and Wakaiba. They were actually left out of the playoffs. Uh, with a seven and three record. There's, there's some other teams who had, uh, six and four, seven and three records that had some arguments to, uh, be in there. But I think it comes down to your strength of schedule, uh, the kind of competition you played against and how that, uh, factors in in terms of the unknown, uh, uh, uh calculations that, uh, we have for the playoff rankings. Um, but, but for the most part, everything pretty much played out as planned. Uh, West Orange dropped to a number two seed in its class. Because it lost by two points last week against Osceola in the game that you know they had a quick turnaround after playing on a tuesday um but uh so everything you know all the teams that uh I felt deserved to be in uh, got in um so you know it's it's you know you could kind of uh you know you know uh, uh complain about some some uh, seeding stuff, but I think the best thing that the seating does this year it 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 goes one down to eight in each region, and you have the the top team which is. Uh, for one example, uh, Seminole is the number one seed in this region, did not win a uh, district championship. They actually have to go on the road in the first round against a, a number eight seed up in Jacksonville because they are a district champion. So, um, But other than that, not too much to report.
0: Let's go run through some of these, and I know we're going to have different days of these games. And quickly, 10 o'clock hour, WDY, Jim Orlando, WJR, HD2, Cocoa Beach, Orlando Sports Center, Martino, Zabita Sports, JC, Carnahan, the Orlando Center with us for high school football preview. As you mentioned there, uh, Class 4M Region 1, Seminole is on the road at Jacksonville Mandarin. Any concern for the Seminoles here?
3: Well, I think just, you know, the fact that they've got a, you know, I know that. uh, you know the fact that they don't they uh, don't get the the uh, the uh, reps that they want to get in when it comes to practices is really the only concern. But look, I expect Seminole to go on the road, win this game handily. Uh, Mandarins just five and four on the year. Uh, you know you know uh, uh, Seminoles going to face much tougher much tougher competition uh as we move along in the playoffs this is just a formality at this point i think
0: and that game will be on monday uh haggerty we talked about the great season for haggerty and obito in their matchup recently number five haggerty at lake mary that'll be a monday night six thirty game some thoughts on that one
3: yeah haggerty uh you know tried to keep pace with obito last week but uh you know fell short uh they scored a late touchdown and the final was 26 to uh 18 um this is gonna be a tough game i think for haggerty you know lake mary We've seen time and time again, uh, you know, they, they've shown glimpses. And they've got a very young team. They show, they've show shown glimpses of, of uh, you know, what's in store in the next uh, year or two. And I think we're going to see that, uh, of course, on Monday night. Uh, this is the first game between these teams actually since uh, 2013, if you can believe it. Lake, uh, Lake Mary had won six of seven uh, during that span back, uh, of course, back then. Uh, but, but uh, you know, keep an eye on uh, Lake Mary's defense in this matchup. I think um you know the tougher defenses that Haggerty faces uh like Winter Park and Obito, um, it's been tougher for them to kind of hang around. Um, and so I expect Lake Mary to win this one.
0: uh staying in that uh, region, number seven, Boone, at a Popka, great matchup of our local team, so they'll be tomorrow at 530.
3: Hey, we talked last week. I said, hey Boone has gotten much better as the season went on. They hung with Edgewater uh, last week, lost only 21 to 14. And this is a game where watch out uh, for Boone in this game as well. popka has been hit or missed for, for, of course, much of the season. Their defense is playing really well, but offensively, you don't know what you're going to get from Apopka. Uh, so, Boone, if Boone can continue to run the ball well um, and, 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 you know, just, just keep the chains moving against that tough defense, Boone has a chance to pull an upset here. Uh, so, watch out for that game.
0: Winter Park's playing really well. They'll host Lake Bradley in a Monday game at 7 o'clock.
3: This is a weird situation where these teams actually played last week. Winter Park won it handily, um, and uh, you know I expect them to you know to go ahead and get it done once again. Of course, uh, tonight last week's game was 34 to 13. Winter Park's defense, as I mentioned, kind of you know, of course, talking about Haggerty, is only allowing eight points per game this season. Uh, This is one of the better Winter Park teams, uh, more well-rounded Winter Park teams that we've seen in recent years. It reminds me of the team that reached the region finals uh, just about three or four years ago.
0: We got to say Olympia in the playoffs here. Olympia is the eight seed in class 4M Region 2. They'll play at Tarpon Springs East Lake tomorrow night.
3: And Olympia got this playoff spot by just fractions of a point over Dr. Phillips. Dr. Phillips ended up losing last week at Jones. Olympia, which beat Dr. Phillips eleven to nothing this season, uh, sneaks into the playoffs. It's Going to be a tough one for Olympia. Eastlake averages forty-five points per game.
0: Uh, West Orange is home. Uh, they'll host Steinbrenner tomorrow night at six o'clock.
3: Man, this has been one of the uh, cool stories of the season. I think West Orange has a uh, relatively young team, lost a lot of stud players from last year's squad, and for uh, you know for them to you know to kind of be in a position that they are as a district champion, I, I you know I did not see that coming as the season was progressing. Um, and you know I expect West Orange to uh, continue their winning ways in this one. Man, you know they're on a. They they were on a four-game win streak until they they lost that close game last week against Osceola. Look out for uh, junior wide receiver Jordan Bridgewater. He's the kid that caught the uh, Hail Mary uh, pass against Dr. Dr. Phillips for that big win just a few weeks ago.
0: Uh, The run-through, we can't get to every single game, but Okoye plays at Plant City Durant. I want to ask you about Edgewater. They're home. They get Jacksonville First Coast. I would imagine Edgewater is in a good spot here.
3: Well, you know, Edgewater, I think the news for this one, of course they're in a good spot. They ranked uh, number two. Uh, among all classifications in the state rankings. Um, so they're in good. You know, Obviously, it's the first uh, 10-0 season for Edgewater since 1973. And uh, the big news would be uh, it looks like Cedric Baxter Jr. will make his return from injury uh, for this game to get ready for the playoffs here. So I think that's the big thing that you want to look for in that game.
0: We've talked about Wekaiva throughout the year, the schedule that they play, but a tough one tomorrow night they'll take on Jones.
3: Yeah, and, you know, we, you know, we can't talk about this game without mentioning that Wakaiba, uh, beat, uh, uh, beat their rival Apopka last week. So, you know, that was huge in terms of, uh, you know, where Wakaiba is, five and five on the season, uh, very tough team. And I, I was at the game earlier this season when these two teams played. It was zero zero at halftime. Jones pulled it out 21 to seven. I will be at this game, but it's important to note here, it's always a real moment when you are at a first round playoff game at Jones High School. At the same time that the Electric Daisy Carnival is That's taking true. place at Tinker Field, this is the this is the this is the weirdest thing. You see these these people walking by and and full body paint and all this and the base stuffy throughout the stadium. I'll be there for it. Uh, I'll have a full report on on all the craziness outside the stadium.
0: Uh, Tampa Wharton plays at Oviedo. That'll be Monday. Um, how about Oviedo's chances against Wharton?
3: Well, and you know, look, man, Oviedo is nine and one for the uh, fourth time since two thousand two. Uh, you know, so a great regular season for them. Very balanced, Oviedo is in terms of passing the ball and rushing the ball. Um, and Wakiver has been turning, or excuse me, Wharton has been turning the ball over quite a bit. I expect Oviedo to pull this one out, and in the next round, Oviedo would get either Wakiver or Jones. So we've got a lot of interesting second round matchups coming up.
0: Bishop Moore, back in the playoffs, will travel up to Jacksonville for a Saturday game against Bishop Kenny up there.
3: Yeah, it's a matchup of uh, district champions. You know, keep an eye on uh, Bishop Moore quarterback Riley Willis. He's accounted for 23 total TDs. He's only thrown one interception. Uh, he can uh, run the ball, pass the ball. Um, so hopefully Bishop Moore can uh, come back home with a win.
0: We always uh, talk about they're a little bit outside of our area, but some folks can still pick us up there. Just Lake Mineola just does their thing, and they'll host Bartow tomorrow night.
3: Look, I expect Lake Mineola to uh, get to the region championship game. It'll be a big matchup between Lake Mineola and Lakeland in that classification. Uh, so, you know, they're, they're, they've been doing real well in terms of being able to pass the ball and rush the ball well. The defense has uh, been uh, playing uh, great. They actually average 45 points per game as well on offense. So uh, they should roll.
0: Harmony has a tough assignment. Vero Beach rarely loses. Uh, and they have to travel to Vero Beach.
3: Yeah, tough. I mean, you know, look, there's a lot, of, you know, a lot to celebrate for Harmony getting into the playoffs. But there were some games this season that Harmony – Uh, Just missed out on. I mean, they, you know, just, I mean, they they lost some close games that would have put them maybe higher in the rankings. This is a tough matchup for them. Uh, So, yeah, as you said, Beryl Beach is probably going to pull this one out.
0: One of the games that will be played tonight, and it's a pretty good matchup, and and talk about uh, the veteran of of Rick Darlington. You know, Delance going to play at Osceola tonight. uh, One of the games that will be played tonight.
3: Yeah, Rick Darlington, his first season uh, back in Florida. I got to ask him about. his first season back in Florida, with uh, you know two hurricanes coming through, and and uh, you know hey, uh, you know he leads the Land to the first state championship since 2012. I'm I'm going to stop by this game tonight. I can't wait to see it. Strong defensive front for Osceola goes up against uh you know you know you know obviously a run heavy uh, Deland team. Javon Ross for Deland. He's just an all around talent. He can run. He can catch. He plays great on defense. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff to watch in that game.
0: Somebody said to me, Mark, you guys never talk about South Sumter undefeated. Okay, they host Eustace tomorrow night.
3: Hey, hey, South Sumter, number one in the classification. Actually, the number one seed ahead of Coco. Coco is number two in that classification. And uh, South Sumter is having one heck of a season. Uh, They already beat Eustace uh, during the regular season very handily. They've only given up 83 points uh, on defense throughout the season. They've scored 437 points on offense. Sure, hey, I hope they're listening because we're giving the whole breakdown on Southampton <laughs> right now. Uh, they should roll through this one, man. And, and if they can get to the championship game, the true test will be when they play Coco.
0: Mike Bianchi learned that his Interlocking team won a championship playing in a Sunshine State Atlantic League. Tomorrow, the Sunshine State Atlantic Conference Final. LHP, uh, Lake Island Prep will try to extend a winning streak. In the interesting matchup against Mount Dora, Christian can you explain the vacated spot by Central Florida Christian last week.
3: Yeah, and then you know, of course here you know, I'm 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 actually working to get more information on uh, this situation. Central Florida Christian, I was looking forward to seeing them play against Lake Highland Prep in the championship game, undefeated teams. Uh Central Florida Christian, it was uh they, they ended up vacating their spot in the semifinal game last week against Mount Dora Christian because they have at least one, possibly more players that uh are, you know are ineligible. Um uh, the one kid in particular, a star player on the team was actually, listen to this, attending a public school, actually physically attending a public school, but then going and practicing and playing for Central Florida Christian, which I can't even believe that anyone who knew this was happening uh, even thought this like made any kind of sense. Um, so when, you know, when it all came down to it, they had to uh, forfeit all their games, which included the regular season opening win against St. Cloud. Um, but the bottom line is uh, there's a lot to uh, still figure out when it comes to that. Now we get a rematch between Mount Dora Christian and Lake Highland Prep, who uh, Lake Highland had won that game earlier in the season, 28-7. to I expect Lake Highland to uh, you know, end up uh, finishing the season on a 21-game win streak. They play this game Saturday in Lakeland. Uh, so, yeah, crazy stuff there when you talk about the uh, Central Florida Christian situation. Uh, a lot to unravel in the weeks ahead.
0: I know it's been a crazy couple days. Uh, It'll be an interesting uh, next few days through Monday, and and, uh, we'll talk all about it next week. Uh, Stay safe, enjoy the games, and we'll talk to you next week.
3: All the best, you guys. Take care.
0: J.C. Carnahan and a busy, busy schedule, adjustment, games, and all that stuff. uh, It's the high school football playoffs uh, get underway. uh, A few games tonight in this area, and then most on Saturday and Monday. And, uh, yeah, you go over to Jones. You got the game a little EDC going on? It's a lot going on over there. I'm sure that area is, uh, uh, you know, nice and dry from the rain the last couple days with setup and everything.
1: I'm sure they have the infrastructure, though,
0: to handle. You've been to EDC before.
1: I've worked it before. Yeah. I will say
0: this. Yeah. Nicest crowd I've ever. Well, it's a large group that gets it and understands the process. And, you know, as long as they all kind They're of have a cool, relaxing life, time yeah. and so forth, whatever you're taking, just take it reasonably and don't impede anybody else's ability of having a good time. And
1: The thing that always happens when EDC is here is it's always when the temperature drops.
0: Yeah. And it's like you see the outfits that are being worn. It's like, all right, then. Yeah. Wow. Uh, We come back, Richard Hill, our sports law expert. What does it mean when the Attorney General of the District of Columbia sues the commanders and the National Football League? Plus, remember the tunnel fight of Michigan, Michigan State? One Michigan State player's attorney has a different version of what happened. Whatever you think the video says, he wants you to know the real story. Richard with details of that and more next. Time
3: for this week's sports law segment. Brought to you by Hale, Hale & Jacobson. Find them online at hhjlegal.com. That's hhjlegal.com.
0: Richard L's our sports law expert. Hale, Hale & Jacobson is a firm online at hhjlegal.com. Richard, good morning. How are you? Doing well, Mark. How are you? My I'm, thoughts and uh, prayers go out to everybody out there. Certainly, uh,
4: especially our friends over on the coast.
0: Yeah, and... Uh, Be safe, and if you have any issues, of course, Richard' team is there for you that uh, they might be able to help you out with. Yesterday, the district attorney, uh, or the attorney general, I should say, in the District of Columbia, filing a lawsuit against the Washington Commanders football team, the NFL, Roger Goodell, suing them all. Um, Some kind of wonder, is this a PR move or what? What do you make of what uh, this suit's about?
4: Yeah, so it's an interesting case because it deals with a lot of – Law school facts that we talk about uh, in terms of jurisdiction and, and who has jurisdiction over what and what type of case can they bring. Important to note that the um, uh, the attorney general. This is not a criminal uh suit that's been brought, um, and most people would would think that this is a civil lawsuit. And, and the the uh, basis behind the civil lawsuit is that the Washington Redskins, or I'm sorry, the Commanders at this point. Um, along with the NFL, have colluded into duping the fans, uh, the fans there in the greater D.C. area, um, that they've hidden behind all of these allegations of uh, sexual misconduct in the workplace, harassment in the workplace, and that the NFL, who had pledged to do an investigation, really isn't doing much of an investigation. It's all a show. And in doing so, they're, you know, essentially – They've tricked the consumer, the consumer being the the, the fans there in, in the D.C. area. They've tricked the consumer into thinking that everything's above board, everything's legit, there was some wrongdoing, but the NFL's, you know, investigating they're going to do their part, when in reality that's not true, when in reality this is just a, um, a parade. It's just, a, you know, a, to put – to uh, put a face on all of this conduct and, and the NFL is a part of it and so there's allegations of collusion, um, collusion being one or more parties uh, that have attempted to do this so collusion between the club and the NFL uh, that goes along with the, the numerous uh, violations that have occurred so when you talk about liability here and what they need to prove obviously they're going to have to prove that these allegations are true uh, that it's not just speculation, that this isn't just sour grapes from ex-employees, that there was misconduct going on. And then you have to prove up your damages. Well, in this particular case, if you are able to prove uh, that one violation occurred, um, then there is a, a a penalty or punitive damages for each violation. And so uh, when it comes to the damages side of this suit, if you are able to prove up each each and every violation then there is a monetary award associated with that or a monetary penalty associated with that and that's where this case can really bite back it can really hit the pocketbooks of not only the commanders but the NFL
0: what's the realistic end game we've often talked about cases where parties don't want to get to court we kind of settle but i, I, I mean what's the end game here
4: well i think the people uh, it you know the lawsuit represents the people of dc and the people are fed up with the, the, the sideshow that has become the commanders. Um, and, and this lawsuit finally gives some teeth to that. And, and so um, what they want is, there, is transparency. And, and I think that's what this lawsuit gives us that maybe we haven't had in the past is we can finally be transparent about what really went on uh, and, and what the NFL is doing about it. Uh, right now, the fans are frustrated because they feel like this club is going nowhere. And the, the leadership team, the management team, uh, is really just kind of toiling in, in mediocrity and, and has been for years. And, and they'd like to see, um, you know, what's behind the curtain. This lawsuit gives them the chance to do that. So where other lawsuits might be put in place for leverage, you know, this, I think, truly is an effort to uh, give the folks what they want, which is uh, a look behind that curtain, see what 's going on, and uh, the discovery phase of this case will be will be vital to allowing that to happen uh, because it 's really going to expose some of what's, uh, some of what the commanders have been doing and to, to whatever extent the NFL has been involved.
0: It's almost two weeks ago. Uh, people saw the Michigan-Michigan State altercation in the tunnel. A few different videos, and look, clearly looks like you've got Michigan State players that are attacking Michigan players. But we have a Michigan State player with an attorney that says there's a different side to this and a different uh, person that may have started it, blaming perhaps Michigan. It's just an attorney's statement. We haven't seen a suit or any charges filed. What's the game here?
4: I think the game is to get out ahead of it and to make an effort to show that there are two sides to every story, and maybe the side that was depicted on some of the tunnel cams that you and I discussed a week or so ago, is isn't the whole story, certainly if a Michigan player instigated the attack and, uh, and then you know the video we saw was just him getting his come up and so, you know that's, that's one thing. Um, it doesn't make walking around sense to me. You know, if you're one of the only Michigan players in the tunnel at that time, how you found your way in there is irrelevant to, to this analysis. Why attack six, seven Michigan State players? It, that just doesn't make walking around sense to me. So I think we have to um, – you can't can't check your common sense at the door here. Um, but if there is an allegation that, that these players were defending themselves that this was self-defense, then this would be a good lead-in to that defense. However, I don't know that it's that plausible.
0: Um, Penny saved is a penny earned, and sometimes people know if you go to a casino, maybe you go to the racetrack and you cash your ticket, and maybe it says it's uh, $50.20. You'll take the $50 and leave the $0.20, which is a cheap tip. But... um, Sometimes now you go and in the world of trying to make it as easy as possible and maybe even from a standpoint of what is a a germ-free, I could take my ticket voucher. I can go to a machine and instead of going up and waiting in line, I can put that through. There's a lawsuit now against Hard Rock that says maybe we're not giving that change back. That change adds up to a lot of dollars and people feel like they're doing something wrong. What do you make of the suit against Hard Rock and the lost change?
4: Yeah, I think you made an important point here. 20 cents is not an appropriate tip for somebody that's placing <laughs> your bets for you. So everybody out there needs to uh, be a little more generous when it comes to that. Uh, in terms of the case, this is a class action. You know, I've talked about a number of class actions in the past. So um, we're trying to identify a class here, a number of people who have participated in gaming at the Hard Rock Casino and have, like you said, received a voucher, a uh, pull the slot machine five times and maybe you win 10 bucks and 50 cents and uh that 50 cents uh it kind of gets lost in the shuffle right because they give you a a ticket there for ten dollars or you, you don't want to walk all the way across the casino to secure the, your you know your extra 50 cents oh so, so i'll just take that type ticket and I'll plop it in another machine. Well, when I plop it in the next machine, I don't get credit for $10.50, I get credit for $10. Well, that change, it goes somewhere, right? It's not, uh, and, and certainly the bean counters at Hard Rock know where that change goes, and I'm sure it adds up over time, given the, the number of people that obviously participate in those types of games. And so what the lawsuit is saying is, look, you, you gotta fix this. You either gotta fix it by coming up with better technology to give people the exact amount that they're claiming, or you've got to make the cages more accessible so that y- you are more willing to, to walk the five steps it takes to collect your 50 cents rather than the 500 it takes to go completely across the casino to where there's a very small cage. You know, we, we all know that casinos do this, that, that they want you in and they want you playing. <laughs> it's always tough to get out, right? So you, you got to walk uh, halfway across the casino to get to the cage, to get your money, to get out, uh, it's by design and it's an incredibly, uh, uh, crafty and, and obviously well thought through. And, you know, they, they're not building those casinos in Las Vegas, uh, because everybody's winning, right? So you know that going into a certain extent, this is alleging or it's challenging the casinos to do it a little bit better. Uh, and, and by suggesting that there's a class of people that have participated in this and, and that each, each penny, dime, nickel, quarter adds up. Uh, you can imagine that a um, you know there would be a sizable judgment here if the case is able to move forward. Again, it's a class action. These are very tricky, um, but we'll keep our eye on this one.
0: I think, it, I mean, when I read this, my first thought was, okay, then go walk and get the change. But I I don't know, like, who determines what's the proper distance for me to walk to get the change? You know what I'm saying?
4: I, I do, and I think it's an. I, I think what what you're trying to bring about is, is no pun intended. You're trying to bring about change. Yeah, you're yeah, trying yeah, to, yeah. To, to make the playing field a little bit uh, more even for the gambler uh, or for the player, so that you can, um, uh, you know that that it balances out on both sides. I, I think we've all seen those situations where it doesn't doesn't make a ton of sense to us. Right, there's one cage. In the entire casino for 10,000 people, we get it. Just do better.
0: Right. And it's funny you bring that up because when my wife and I were in Vegas a few months ago and at the Pelagia, one of your nicer places, it was, hey, where's the cat over there? Where's the other one? No, it's over there. Over there? That's the only one in this massive place. And it's like, okay, I'm not walking for the 63 cents and stuff like that. So it is interesting. We're yeah,
4: it's in Laughlin. Just make your way out. Yeah,
0: right, right, right. Good stuff, Richard. Have a nice weekend. Thank you very much. Take care, Mark. All right, uh, good stuff from Richard on a variety of topics. Um, Still so to come, Mike O'Donnell joins us. A little step back three basketball segment. We'll get to that next. Let's
4: go. Time now for
3: step back three. With M.O.D. on the beat of sports. No,
5: I don't have street credit. The guys around me have street credit.
0: Mike O'Donnell is our basketball expert. We talk on Friday's uh, what we call a setback three segment and uh, what's happening in college hoops, a little bit of the NBA as well. Uh, Good morning, Mike. How are you?
5: Fantastic. How are you doing, Mr. Daniels?
0: Uh, I'm good. Uh, Scott learned this morning that I watched the trailer to John Wick 4, and he thought, oh, is that the movie? And I said, no, no, no. It's got to be like. You know, mega, mega movie. He said Mission Impossible. I said, when he goes next summer. I said, that seems like that's the right amount of time for us to spread out when the three of us go to movies. Having seen, you know, Top Gun months ago, you know, I think maybe next year that allows the year plus to go by. Your thoughts?
2: So I
5: think for Mark's sanity, I would agree. I'll go on Mark's side for this. (laughs) We do need to spread some time. Uh, I will say, though, John Wick (laughs) Ford looks unbelievable. Um, it's not Top Gun level in terms of anticipation. Um, however, the new Mission Impossible movie, yeah. Top Gun level
1: anticipation for sure.
0: Wow. All right. So, yeah. Scott, plan yeah. now. okay? Done. Yeah. Done and
1: done. Tickets purchased. We don't even have to buy things. Yeah, well, we're going back <laughs> for it. Well, we're just walking in. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, that's what I'm doing. Yeah.
0: yeah. By the way, I, I, I mentioned to Scott earlier last night on our UCF football radio show, Gus Malzahn, I learned Mike. Uh, Gus is a large popcorn with butter guy and milk duds. It's into the bag? I, don't, I, I mean, he says popcorn, then milk duds, then popcorn, then finish the milk duds. I didn't have Gus as a milk dud guy, and I think milk duds are underrated. Milk
5: duds are very good. Milk duds are tough on the teeth as yeah. you get older, though. But as a kid, you, you can go to town on those. I am still uh, a junior apologist, but interesting by I find it really cool And I like the idea of going popcorn, milk duds, popcorn, milk duds. You get the sweet, you get the salty. Well done. Well done,
0: Coach. Uh, You were there part of the uh, ESPN Plus broadcast team with a good friend, Austin Lyon, and uh, UCF opened up against UNC Asheville. The Knights missing three starters that didn't play for Johnny Dawkins' team. Not a single player who played in the game had played a minute last year for UCF. They lost in double overtime to UNC Asheville. You were talking about Drew Pember, who lived up to it, going for forty before he fouled out. I know some night fans are like, you can't lose to UNC Asheville. Someone asked you, share some thoughts on that game. Why you really can't panic if you're a UCF fan because of who they were missing, and also appreciate a pretty good player on the other team.
5: Panic. In fact, I was pleasantly surprised with uh, the performance from UCF, essentially from UCF's reserves. Uh, UCF Reserves almost beat a UNC Asheville team that has uh, one of the best, if not the best, mid-major score in the country. You saw that. He dropped a 40-burger on opening night on the road like it was easy and could have gone for 50 if he played both double overtimes, which is absurd to think about. He Drew UCF Reserves played against arguably one of, if not the best, college basketball performance we might see individually, all season long. That's how good Drew Pember was. UNC Asheville's team is also uh, a very veteran team. uh, uh, Seven players have played together at UNC Asheville for more than two years. This is a team that will probably win the Big South, and when you're filling out your bracket and you're kind of rolling through names, you're like, oh, I remember that UNC Asheville team. Don't be surprised if you see them uh, in the NCAA tournament. Now, from a UCF standpoint, I mean, you're up 10, you should have closed it out. Um, if you have Darius Johnson, your starting point guard, you'd probably close it out. You, you understand how of steady the ship. There were a couple shots taken, couple, uh, a uh, couple plays defensively that were just, um, uh, undisciplined, right? I'll, I'll put it that way. But when you're, when you're coach Dawkins, you still don't exactly know who everybody is and how you're trying to utilize their role specifically. I thought Jalen Young. Uh, in particular, was better than expected. He was the point guard, lefty, played over 40 minutes uh, in his debut for UCF. I thought he made some really great plays down the stretch and did a, a, a more than admirable job trying to fill in for Darius Johnson, who's one of the top point guards in the American Conference. Plenty of role players. C.J. Kelly, Brandon Suggs, Ithiel Horton all brought good things to the table. The star was the freshman. Oof. I thought Oof. he was going to have a big game. Holy moly, was Taylor Hendricks good. Got off to a bit of a shaky start in the first two minutes. He felt a little unsure of himself. And in the full court press, he almost has a seven foot wingspan. He got a steal, driving kick for an assist. And it was almost like the light bulb went on and said, OK, I got this. And dropped 25. And Mark, his uh, two things. Some plays that he made offensively were what seniors do. And some plays he made defensively, one on one versus Pember is what top senior defenders do. Trevor Hendricks was so good defensively that when they couldn't find an answer for true Bember, he accidentally got switched on to Pember about late in the first half and made a really great one on one stop. And I looked at Coach Dawkins and the coach I could see Coach Dawkins saying, Yeah, we're just gonna have our freshman guard one of the best scores in the country for the rest of the game. I thought he did a really good job when he was matched up on Pember one on one. The kid is a star. Uh, he could he could end up winning freshman year in the American. He's that good.
0: Yeah, he's really fun to watch. Uh, tonight they get an FSU team that got beat by Donnie Jones Stetson squad. What do you expect tonight?
5: Um, it's going to be extremely evenly matched game. Oh, I'm talking from an athleticism standpoint, from a size standpoint. Um, C.J. Walker is probably going to play tonight. And ultimately, what you're going to see is you're going to see a ton of size and athleticism and two teams that are a little bit unsure of themselves on both ends of the floor. Florida State, Mark, uh, they lost to Stetson. I know Stetson hit 14 threes. but Florida State's defense did not look good. Uh, Even Coach Hamilton will tell you, we looked inexperienced. We looked undisciplined. And we have to sharpen things up, particularly in the half court, because Stetson's guards completely manipulated uh, Florida State's perimeter defense. I mean, they, Stetson spread FSU out wide and just drove. And if they if they didn't get a layup, they got fouled. And if they didn't get a layup or foul, they drove and kicked, and they were hitting threes. It's not like Stetson's going to hit 14 threes every game. But the defense for FSU has to get better. This is the remember. This is the you know, Darren Green, who was one of the all-time great three-point shooters
0: in the history of UCF. Yeah, we have put Mike on hold a second. I don't know uh, what happened. Scott, put Mike on hold and see so if we can get back to him. Something happened to his phone, um, or he stepped into the massive windshield and see if we can call Mike back. Um, we do have coverage of UCF and FSU tonight, uh, beginning at six thirty. Tip is set for seven o'clock at Addition Financial Arena. Uh, both teams trying to get their first win after uh, UCF lost in double overtime. And as uh, Mike was talking, uh, FSU lost to uh, Stetson. So we'll get Mike back on here in just a little bit to continue. Magic basketball as their home uh, homestand continues. Um, the Magic uh, will try to get themselves back uh, with another victory after beating Dallas. And the Magic will take on the uh, Phoenix Suns. Mike, you there? Yeah, sorry Okay. About that. Yeah, that's okay. Pick it up.
5: Uh, no, look, Florida State has Darren Green back, right? He's a starter. He's their best three point shooter. A lot of UCF fans will remember Caleb Mills, who started his career at Houston. Yeah. He's their best individual scorer and point guard and leader of the team. They have a ton of young talent. Matthew Cleveland, uh, Jalen Warrell, uh, they have a seven foot four seven, uh, seven foot four center and Naheem McLeod and a lot of talent, a lot of freshman talent. They have some transfer talent as well. They're big. They're athletic and they are fast, and they are going to be incredibly aggressive defensively, but they are not the, the typical disciplined FSU team defensively that we have seen in years past. Coach Hamilton is going to make some adjustments from the Stetson game, but UCF has a real opportunity to steal a win at home against a Florida State team that is missing a couple of uh, very highly talented freshmen, as well as a couple uh, uh returning players. Uh, their FSU shorthanded, really only have eight scholarship players. they got an opportunity to feel a, a win against a, uh FSU team that, when healthy, will compete for an ACC championship if they have that much talent. But they did not look like that against Stetson. And if, if two important things you need to take away from, if you're watching the game tonight, is rebounding. Who wins the rebounding battle? It makes it very obvious, but Florida State lost the rebounding battle to Stetson, which should never happen. And I believe it's going to be a really tight ball game. So much of this is going to come down to free throws. I don't know what kind of free throw shooting team uh, UCF has. We don't know. It's a one-game sample, a lot of new faces. But Florida State is not a good free throw shooting team. And last year they shot 51% from the free throw line, and they went 14 of 27 against it. That may sound very like simple, obvious basketball, but in tight ball games on the road, that's a cause for concern for the Seminoles.
0: Uh, we see these happen sometimes early in the season, and Louisville's trying to re-identify itself. Bellarmine is a school right there in Louisville, Kentucky, that beat them. It's the biggest win that they could come up with because they beat the big brother. But, Mike, as we talk over the years... You get teams that have guys that have played together for a few years. Uh, they run a really cool system, and sometimes fundamentals is going to uh, beat out four, or five stars. And I know Louisville's not the same Louisville, but that's a great moment early in November in college basketball.
5: You know, the transfer portal is a little bit it, it's uh, it's a little bit different in basketball than it is football, uh, just because the game is much different. If you talk to any any uh, basketball, you know, uh, Power Seven conference, Power Eight conference and basketball, you know, they're very nervous about non-conference games because it's the air of like, well, we have to get players. We would rather get a sophomore transfer, or junior transfer, or senior transfer than a freshman. We have to mold. We guys know how to play already in college, and we'll just we'll just put them in our system, and they'll take some time to figure out the system and go. You're seeing a lot of. Uh, low majors and mid major upsets because those teams tend to stick together. The bulk of their roster sticks together so they understand the system. They understand how to, how to play, uh, you know, in rhythm. They understand exactly what their head coach wants them to do. They, they understand how to play together in late game situations. And for teams in the power seven, power eight in college basketball that live in the transfer portal right now, players don't really understand time score possession of exactly what you want from your head coach or exactly how guys like to move. And in practice, it's just, in, especially in basketball, sometimes you just don't know what the player's going to do when the lights turn on and, it, and it's actually game time. So that's what happened to Louisville. And they had just so many new faces, a brand new coach, and you know, they're trying to fix everything. And Billy Armey came in and, Better in group, understand how to play, kept it simple and won the game. And we, we are, we saw that on night one and night two consistently in college basketball.
0: We go back to San Diego to play a game on an aircraft carrier tonight, which I guess is kind of cool to look at. I don't know if it's ideal basketball conditions. We've seen issues over the past about humidity and rain. Uh, but tonight, Michigan State and Gonzaga will play. It's fun. Again, two, two big brands. By the way, Gonzaga looks like they added the best international prospects. So the question about, you know, can they recruit uh, a top level, there's an example for you, of uh, a Michigan State and Gonzaga on the aircraft carrier tonight.
5: Awesome. Absolutely love it. Can I, can I tell you, um, Michigan state is, you know, they're going to be in the tournament. They're going to be good. Gonzaga is, yeah, I, I, I know people might get sick of it, uh, of saying it and then not winning a national championship, which is still absurd considering their winning history. They're, they're the best team in college basketball right now. Drew Timmy is, is, is the best individual player on the best team in college basketball. They're, they're forward center. They're post player. They're loaded. Uh, they could go 10 deep, and they're just, they're exceptional. Can I tell you what to pay attention to watching that game? Mark? Yes. Sticker slip. Watch out for the sticker slip on the aircraft carrier. So, a uh, little known uh, insider fact, when, uh, when you play at a neutral court, like in a conference tournament or in a championship, you lay stickers down for uh, either names of the team right. or, um, you know, sponsors, and... Depending on the humidity in the arena, that sticker gets a, more wet than the actual floor does. So when you see a player randomly slip and it feels and looks awkward like that player doesn't normally do that, every coach in the country knows that's a sticker slip. You slipped on a sticker. On an aircraft carrier, you better watch out for the stickers, Mark. Major sticker slips on the aircraft carrier.
0: Scott, make a note of that. Major sticker slip aircraft Done. carrier.
1: Done. Yeah. I will have a tally of. Times I notice it.
0: By the way, um I, I'm not giving out secrets, but Mike O'Donnell uh, got his list of games for the upcoming year in college basketball. You can share about some of the big matchups there. And Scott, guess who got some postseason coverage? Ooh. It's our boy with the big blue blazer oh, wow. right there. Let's huh? go. How about that, Mike O'Donnell?
5: I will be sleeping in the uh, the C B S Sports Blazer for uh for the rest of the year. we're pretty excited. Yeah, I've got the uh at the Mid-American semifinals uh, uh, towards the end of the season, and I'll be doing quite a few uh, West Coast Conference and Mountain West games, uh, including uh, including a couple of BYU games as well. So it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Really, really excited. Uh, I got to go to Malibu and call a Pepperdine game
0: wild. Wow, yeah. name dropper there, huh? How about yeah. that? Wow. Yeah. Scott, don't you think that comes with like some avocado toast and some tofu yes. type thing and, yes. and some weird shake that, you know, you can Man-based. only get in Malibu? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what we'll do you think about that? I'm Walmart
5: where I can get a couple of rotisserie chickens. That's really what I'm open for.
0: Oh, oh, oh you'll find a rotisserie chicken for 26 bucks. Yeah. Oh,
5: gee, going to pick out a loan to go to Malibu.
0: Wow. Good stuff, Mike. Have a good broadcast tonight. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, Mark. Okay. Uh, Mike and Austin will be on the call of uh, the ESPN Plus broadcast of UCF and FSU tonight. We've got the radio coverage tonight. Eric Lopez is sitting in for me. Um, well, where are you going to be uh, tonight? I'll be in New Orleans.
1: Oh, oh, text in now. Dinner recommendations: five zero eight five seven.
0: You can, but we're already at a place. So
1: pick pick a card.
0: Not there. Uh, no, not there. <laughs> Uh, but I'm there. Scott Adams is there. Sarah will be sitting in tonight with Taylor Young for the uh, FSU-UCF game. 6.30 pregame. Tip is set for 7 o'clock. Uh, F, uh, UCF football takes on Tulane. It is the biggest game of the American this year uh, for UCF. It's a huge game to stay on track for uh, a spot in a New Year's Six Bowl. But you got to win this football game and then three more after that. We'll preview that game coming up 11 o'clock hours. Scott has something to say right now. And I
1: think you've said this before, but they have like a really cool, interesting stadium at Tulane.
0: Oh, it's a great stadium. It, it, it's, it's small. Mm-hmm. Seats, they say 30,000. I think it seats less than that. But there's a very narrow space, which they built Yulman Stadium mm-hmm. at, uh, because of everything else built around it. And Tulane, the university, is landlocked. It's in one of the historic neighborhoods mm-hmm. of one of the parishes of New Orleans. And it's like they sandwiched this stadium in there. There's, like, no public parking around the stadium at all. Uh, but it's really cool. From a broadcast standpoint, you're literally right on the field. Mm. Um, so it's a, it, it's a quaint little setup that for Tulane to get a crowd of 27 28,000, it makes it, you know, really, really loud. And they expect a packed house uh, tomorrow. Uh, we'll kick off the 11 o'clock hour with Scott and the news next. Let's really do the news. Yes. Now it is time to do the news. But now it's time uh, for the news. 11 o'clock hour, W J R 2 Cocoa Beach, Orlando Sports Leader, Mark Daniels, the beauty sports. What up, my news heads?
1: Yeah. What's going on, yeah, everyone? Yeah. Time for another edition of the news. I'm Scott Harris. That's Mark Daniels. We will run through the top stories in the sports world. Well, you're running. I'm just here cutting it up. Uh-oh. Story number 1 in Mark um hello what's going on here the United States women's national team lost again falling 2-1 to Germany on Thursday night for their first three-game losing skid since 1993 and first home defeat in more than 5 years
0: fire them all
1: Germany scored the de- decisive goal in the 89th minute for uh, the third-ranked team in the exhibition at Drive Pink Stadium, or as Mark calls it, Lockhart Stadium. Rapino scored. Wait, what's in its name now? Drive Pink Stadium,
0: like Auto Nation. Yes. Okay, Lockhart Stadium.
1: Uh, Megan Rapino scored in the 85th minute for the top-ranked Americans who have had been unbeaten in 71 straight games at home. The team's last loss on U.S. soil came to Australia in July of 2017. The U.S. last...
0: Looks like your guy Elon could be pausing the uh, checkmark program.
1: I, I, I thought we knew that.
0: Well, I think he's, like, realizing this has become a...
1: A big thing, <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, go on. I'm sorry.
1: Uh, the uh, The U.S. lost at England in Spain last month, but U.S. head coach uh, Vlatko and Andovsky said he was unhappy with the loss, but he saw many positives.
0: Yeah, but let's not let that be the standard now for the women's team.
1: No, not at all.
0: They're they're never supposed to lose.
1: Do you want some Orlando Pride news? Sure. The Orlando Pride have announced that Seb Hines has been promoted to head coach. He was the interim head coach for 15 matches this uh, past season, uh, but effective immediately has signed a new multi-year contract. Okay. Well, everyone was wondering what was going to happen with the coaching situation.
0: Everybody was, but I think now, okay, Now, getting better players.
1: Uh, Deontay Foreman carried 31 times for 130 yards in a touchdown. Al Michaels
0: is going to quit, right?
1: Yes. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> I, I full disclosure, I saw so little of that game. I was mm-hmm. doing a UCF radio show by the time I got home and packing and everything. i like, oh, the game's on. And,
1: mm-hmm. and then you were like, I don't want to watch any more of this. And then it was like,
0: this is so bad. And then for whatever reason, I was, wow, well, Memphis is playing Tulsa. I'm watching that, and it's just... But Al Michaels, I, I'm sure... I, I, I think Al Scott, he, he's going to show up wearing shorts and a t-shirt one night and just cuss on air. I was going to say... And like, I don't give a damn. Fire me.
1: Since it is on streaming, like he could get away with it, right?
0: Yeah. Just, <laughs> mm. And I wonder if the games they're getting are so bad. Mm-hmm. It's not just a matchup on paper. Then the games live up to how bad... That that I I wonder if it's impacting the buildup of chemistry of him and Kurt Herbst. Oh, I, I absolutely believe it is. Yeah, because I think, I think you know, Kurt wants to kind of develop a little rapport with Allen, and I think Al's like whatever third and six, God, still money, still third quarter going on. Here. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: how long of a deal was it that that Al signed with Amazon?
0: Uh, I don't know. I don't know how many years. Do you think he? Does the full whatever? Don't get me wrong. I likes money.
1: I know he does.
0: Yeah, but this can't be fun. I think he may be asking someone to ask Jeff Bezos: Can we get a better schedule next year? Mm-hmm. But here's the problem. Uh, sarcasm, joking aside, you have Thursday night football. You have Sunday night football. You have Monday night football. Mm-hmm. ESPN agreed to pay a premium to the yeah. NFL to get a better Monday night schedule. Mm-hmm. The NFL knows the audience of Sunday night football. While the Amazon numbers have settled in around 9, 10 million, it Mm. doesn't come close to the audience that Sunday night and Monday night football delivering. They're not going to sacrifice those games and the value of that schedule to throw great matchups on the Thursday night packet. Yeah.
1: The relationship between Brooklyn Nets guard Kyrie Irving and Nike is likely severed for good, the shoe giant's co-founder told CNBC. Quote, I would doubt that we go back, but I don't know for sure. That was Phil Knight in an interview that aired on Thursday. Nike announced last Friday that it has suspended its relationship with Irving and canceled its plans to release his next signature shoe, part of the massive follow-up that followed his tweeting a link to a film containing anti-Semitic material. In recruiting news...
0: By the way, uh, Adam Silver did an interview. Yes, he did. And says, quote, "Um, He's someone I've known for a decade, and I've never heard an anti-Semitic word from him, or frankly, hate directed at any group. Whether or not he is anti-Semitic is not relevant to the damage caused by the posting of hateful content. It's somewhat of a contradiction of what you just said. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And I don't know Kyrie Irving, so I, I I don't doubt that Adam Silver knows him better than me. Mm-hmm. But usually when you learn something like this about someone, it's the initial reaction, wow, I didn't know that person felt that way. That happens most of the time in situations like this. So mm-hmm. what I do think is happening here is Adam Silver has heard some of the comments of guys like LeBron James and others, and Adam Silver is a commissioner, the only commissioner of the major sports leagues that seems to have a relationship with players. And I think he's valuing that and trying to be a little bit of a peacemaker here while still coming across as I'm a tough commissioner laying the law down.
1: In recruiting news, Florida received some big news off the field ahead of its matchup against South Carolina. Tomorrow, Jaden Rashada, uh, the number 7-ranked quarterback in the 2023 class, announced on social media that he is backing out of his commitment to Miami and picking the Gators instead said he'd been weighing his options for months and ultimately decided to join Billy Napier's Gators and the SEC at conference. Weighing
0: his options for months, he verbally committed to Miami.
1: Well, maybe he's been weighing it after the fact.
0: Because a verbal commitment doesn't... No, listen, as Mike and I talked this morning, uh, plenty of coaches continue to pursue a recruit despite a verbal commitment, and there's nothing wrong with that.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I will ask you this... I'm going to
0: leave an envelope on the table. If I turn around and it's gone, I know we have a deal
1: with the Gators now flipping this recruit in their favor, is Anthony Richardson with the Gators next football season?
0: I don't know. I, 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 I Ask me after his next three football games. I'm not a draft expert. We've often talked about all of us thinking we're quarterback whisperers in, in a position that's impossible for the most part to predict NFL success. People that Do this for a living and evaluating talent, mostly for like mock drafts or things like that, still think that he's a first round pick. And if the National Football League whispers enough that says Anthony Richardson will be taking the top 15, it probably is in his best interest to come out because it's life changing money. Um, But maybe he'll come back.
1: And uh, last story, another uh, soccer story. This uh, came down. Uh, yesterday morning, Orlando City and midfielder Junior Urso have agreed to mutually terminate the player's contract. Urso's, What's going on? I, for everything that I've gathered, and it was in uh, his statement in the clubs, is that it just seems like a personal matter uh, back back home. And What in was Urso. the
0: status of his contract?
1: I be- He was out of contract, but he was, I mean, Luis Muzi said it, that like they wanted to bring him back for next year like yeah, I don't he was in their plans the season,
0: like hey he's going to be gone no
1: not at all that's and that's the thing i mean he even uh said um i didn't want it to be this way but it's time to take care of my family mm-hmm. know that i love you and i'm going to miss you i'll be rooting for you day in and day out you will never uh you never hunt alone and and louis well, with
0: us when i hunt with you pal
1: true but he's like he was everything that that yeah. was said was that he a was very, a, very much yeah, a tough, tough loss. loss. And especially when you look at the other players that are currently out of contract for Orlando City with Mauricio Pereira and Pedro Galeze and now Junior Urso gone. Like, that's some leadership. And I know they're talking to the other two players reportedly uh, about bringing them back.
0: Transfer portal. <laughs> Load up.
1: I mean, Jaden Rashad is not. Like, has he signed a letter of intent yet? Is he available?
0: I mean. The transfer window is kind of a transfer portal for soccer. This is true. A little bit different in the way it's but structured. You, but.
1: I mean, the first bit of uh, off-season really begins today, because uh, I'm sure you're paying attention to this and will be uh, glued to it. Uh, expansion draft is tonight for St. Louis.
0: Uh, and, But am I correct? You can only lose... One player?
1: One player, yeah. Yeah. They could only pick five players total. Right. So there's only one player. So you're
0: not guaranteed to lose somebody. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Does Orlando have somebody that might be...
1: Jack Lynn. um, uh, Not jack
0: o No, Jack
1: Lynn is a St. Louis native. Played really well for the MLS Next Pro team Uh for Orlando
0: City. they take Dom Dwyer?
1: I mean, I, I don't know if he was on Atlanta's protected list. If I'm being completely honest, okay. When I when I looked at the top players available in the expansion draft, I'm sh- he was not on it. Okay. So that's it on the news. Be sure to like, rate, review, and subscribe. This is a five star segment. Please go and leave us a five star rating.
0: What's it? That's. It. Uh Magic Basketball tonight against the Phoenix Suns on Sister Station 104.5, the beat.
1: Yes. Pre-game at 6 30. Tip off just after 7 o'clock.
0: And uh, we got UCF basketball against Florida State tonight, 6 30 uh pre-7 o'clock tip. UCF football tomorrow.
1: It's uh it's military appreciation night at the game tonight, right?
0: Today's Veterans yes. Day, so yeah. Uh UCF football tomorrow, one thirty for pregame kick set for three thirty. Uh, in New Orleans against the Green Wave of Tulane. We're going to talk more about that with Gary Paris next. I never came to the beach, stood by the Gary Paris is a big uh, Miley Cyrus. Well, you guy. and you and O'Donnell were talking about Malibu the other day. Is that the name of the earlier, song? yeah. Okay.
1: And how uh, you can get a uh, rotisserie uh, chicken for the f-
0: voice of fifty dollars? Oh, there you go. Uh, the beat of sports, Mar Daniels on this uh, Friday. UCF uh, is off to New Orleans in a couple of hours. I know a lot of fans have already headed out. Uh, expect a good crowd there when they take on Tulane tomorrow with a lot at stake. Gary Paris will be sitting next to me in the broadcast booth uh, for a big football game and joins us now. Good morning, Gary. How are you?
6: Good morning, Mar. Thank you. Very good.
0: Um, why did UCF win last week against Memphis? I thought the second half.
6: It, it kept us uh, it was calm he, uh, talking about it. the whole team was calm collective and it, and then you saw that this was gonna, we, we knew it was going to be a tough game you and I talked about it but I thought the second half the defense played well uh, we had a Mikey team probably put on one of the best shows of his young career in the second half of that game Mark and I think that's why they won this game because Mikey was determined in his will to win and his wanting to he, – he understands his season. I thought Gus called some good plays for him, and uh, it wasn't one of those three or 400-yard rough passing games, but it was efficient. He had a great running attack. We were able to balance our run and our pass out, and I think that truly helped Mikey Keene and the team win.
0: As a former NFL tight end, can you appreciate the 17-yard run by Alec Holler after the catch on the screen that really put the game away for UCF? Because if he doesn't get it, they've got a punt, and Memphis has time and momentum to try to tie the game.
6: Fantastic play (laughs) by Alec. Let, let, Let me just say this to you. The play was designed to be a tight end screen. It kind of fell apart. But... Allie kept running his routes. He catches the ball. He sidesteps a guy, kind of goes around the guy. Then the blockers that were out front blocking came peeled back to take away, take out guys. And then he was running down the field. Then there's he sold the yard marker, which was a good two yards or so more away. He does this jump and leap and gets the first down and took a good hit doing it too, but. That was, to me, one of the big plays of the game. Right there, that was, if he doesn't get that, you right, we punt, there's no telling what happens uh, after that. But that was a great play. loved it, the tight end. That's for, there, he knew where to go. He knew where to get that first down, Mark. That's what you got to be, uh, what admired me the most about that play.
0: Um, Mike Bianchi was kind of. Peppering me with questions about knowing who, what Gus is going to do at quarterback, and I'm being totally honest. As I spoke to Gus both on the air and off the air last night, I did not get from him his plan at quarterback. Um, what do you think he'll do tomorrow?
6: I think that you know. Again, I'm only speculating, just like you are. I mean, you're you're you and I. I think this team we're going to this team is uh, we're playing as a very good, solid football team, as you know. Got a lot of returners coming back. They got their quarterback, who kind of had an off year last year, back as hot as ever. Uh, and Mike Pratt, he really does a great job. They've got great running backs. They've got so we, they got they like to run the ball. We have to be able to run the ball too. They're allowing 120 yards a game rushing to their opponents. We need to be up there, in that 220 to 240 or 50 rushing, along with a couple hundred yards passing for us to win the ball game. So I think you might see some packages that he may bring um, uh, uh, Rice and uh, John Rice uh, Plumley Plumley to play in. Uh, JRP is a great runner. He's a great, he reads well. There might be some packages he, he does that. But I don't know, Mark, how do you take out the guy that's got the hot hand right now?
0: We'll see. Uh, you know, again, uh, he may play both. He's got a pretty good idea about what he um, wants to do. Uh, Tulane's got a good defense. Gary, two really good linebackers, and as you mentioned, you got to be balanced. Um, you know, for UCF, the other side, their defense and Michael Pratt, their quarterback, and a couple of running backs. What's important for T. Will's defense? They were dinged up. We left the field last week with some guys banged up. We'll see about tomorrow. How about the night defense?
6: A defense has got to be able to put some pressure on them. We're not getting a lot of sacks this year. And, uh, it, but we still got to get to the quarterback to hurry him like we did last week. Uh, in the Memphis game, we had times we really put some pressure on him. He threw some, uh, uh, errant passes. He was able to, uh, try to run, scramble. We made tackles for losses, but we didn't get to, him to make any sacks on him. We did have a couple of interceptions last week, which was huge. For our defense. That's the kind of play you've got to continue. And T. is going to do that. Now, again, this is a veteran team. That's, uh, they had a lot of returners coming back to this team. So, they're, they put themselves in a position to be 8-1 for reason. There's a reason. Because they're playing good, solid football. But that means that we have got to really put pressure on the quarterback. We've got to take away their run game. Mark, they love to run the ball. And they, they've, they've been... Uh, they had... They got, uh, uh, what's the young man's name? Uh, oh, I'm trying to think of Spears, uh, Spears.
0: IG Spears, yeah. Yeah,
6: take, yeah, yeah. Spears, number 22. Uh, he runs Black Art, number 22, does. They're about the same size. He's eleven, 195 pounds. So is our 22 is, uh, 5'10, five, five, 195 pounds. So, RJ uh, J. Harvey. It's going to be a match right there, but Spears is a great runner. He He's rushed for 700 and 45 yards averaging 5.6 yards to carry. he's got 10 touchdowns already this season. And then you throw Michael Pratt in there, he's not afraid to run the ball either. So we've got to figure a way to shut their running game down and then put some pressure on the uh, quarterback for on third down and long.
0: Um, I, I asked Gus this. I'm just curious your thoughts. When you win a game like Cincinnati, how you handle success the next week now, you you know you won last week and and now you go to a place where this is Gary this is the biggest game in Tulane in maybe twenty four years when they went undefeated in ninety eight I don't know if I'd say there's more pressure on Tulane I mean I mean UCF knows what's at stake as well but it's always interesting to see you go on the road and, and yet the home team might feel more pressure even though there's certainly pressure on UCF there's no margin you know it if you lose here.
6: Uh, it's a good point, and I and I really feel like well, we're the underdog going in there, even though it's a close spread they call it. But they have, but we're still the underdog. They're the team that uh, uh, eight and one, and then you know we're looking at uh, what seven and two, and, and we're trying to get to, uh, to to the next step. We have to win every game out. The, there is a pressure put on us because we have to win the rest of these games if we're going to get into the playoff and for a chance of the championship. So I think coaching staff, this is when the coaches do their best job, Marcus, when they get their team ready, coming off uh, two big games, to get ready for the biggest game of the season for UCF. This is when the coaches come together, they unify their guys, and and they really dot the I's and cross the T's and try to eliminate mistakes and the penalties and things of that nature, work on that all week. So I uh, and I really feel that we
0: got a good chance to win this ballgame. I really do. Uh one thirty pregame kick set for three thirty. It's a big matchup. Uh, both teams know what's at stake and uh, UCF and Tulane uh tomorrow. Safe travel. See you in a couple of hours. Thanks, Gary. Uh,
6: thanks,
0: Mark. Gary Paris some inside on the UCF and Tulane uh matchup. Uh our good friend Jason Siegel, Great Orlando Sports Commission. Uh, they locked down a pretty big event connected to the Olympics. Uh, we'll explain that some other news with uh, Jason next. Loggins every Friday this time why not leave it out there Jason Siegel's our good friend he's a president and CEO of the Great Orlando Sports Commission you like Kenny Loggins right yeah oh
2: yeah what's not that's to like some yeah that's uh, the good wholesome American music
0: nothing wrong with that uh you're here talk about uh, uh, several things going on Great Orlando Sports Commission so when I say 2024 Olympics. People are like, well, what does Atlanta have to do with that? But uh, you guys made a big announcement about uh, Olympic team trials for what sport and when and how?
2: Marathon. We're going to uh, bring 400 of the world's, uh, well, certainly the United States fastest runners. Uh, These are long-distance marathon runners, and uh, we're going to conduct uh, what will work out to be four six-mile loops, and the top three men and the top three women will go on to the Paris Olympics. So uh, as we're saying right now, the Paris the road to the Paris Olympics runs through the streets of Orlando. It's got a great ring to it.
0: How's this come about? Because, uh, you know, you think of... Olympic, uh, or you think of marathons. Soon we have some great races here, but I, I think one would think, wait, why are we coming to Florida, the heat? But the timing of this, I, it, it'll be in February. So, give me an idea about the process for this, and and were you considered long shots going in? Who's the typical competition? And and you talked about four loops. Give me an idea about what the track's going to be like. Yeah, so uh,
2: you know, uh, some really great questions and some great points. We started the process. Uh, back in 2018, we were actually looking at the 2020 uh, uh, trials and uh, the, the marathon trials, which w- wound up being hosted in Atlanta. Um, we had submitted our information, submitted our bid. There were multiple other cities. Um, I wouldn't say we were a long shot, but I also knew, uh, having uh, seen the event in Los Angeles in 2016, they did a great job there. This is a uh, a big uh, opportunity for television coverage. It's NBC uh, live. Uh, they did a great job in L.A. Atlanta did a terrific job. We actually went up to Atlanta so that we could uh, kind of watch uh, from a distance and, and, and see what that was all about. Um, we had been through the bid process, so we knew what the economics of the event looked like. And uh, we actually pulled ourselves out of it. We weren't quite ready to go forward in 2020. And and as it turned out, Atlanta was a great host. This time around, when we resubmitted our bid, uh, we felt we were completely ready. We felt that, um, you have to remember, we were actually in Atlanta on February 28th and 29th, right before the pandemic. They ran the race, and those winners actually had their delayed Uh, You know, they they didn't, you know, obviously uh, participate in 2020. They had to wait to go to um, the 2021 Summer Olympics uh, because of the pandemic. But we felt that we were ready to go forward. It was an incredibly competitive uh, bid situation. Uh, I can tell you behind the scenes there were a lot of um, uh, interesting moments uh, that took place, as there always are in uh, high-profile events like this. Uh, but we've got a great partnership with USA Track and Field. We've got a great partnership with uh, the U.S. Olympic Committee. Sarah Hirschland and her group out of Colorado Springs. Uh, Track and Field is out of Indianapolis. That's Max Siegel. No relationship, um, but um, uh, great group there. So it was uh, it was great. We had a big site visit in September. We have wonderful athlete advisors, and really the biggest part of all of this. Is uh, that we've got the, the the secret to all of it, the, the special sauce for Orlando is John and Betsy Hughes and the team at Track Shack. Everything that we could have accomplished and that we did accomplish by winning this bid is because of their reputation. Uh, Forty five years with running in our community, uh, it seems like just about every five k. Of course, the Disney Marathon, uh, they they've got their fingerprints all over it. Uh, their expertise their relationships um it was uh it was a pleasure to work with them on the and and you know they're going to produce and uh they'll produce the event in partnership with ourselves the city of orlando we got funding from orange county as well to be able to bid on it so big win for our community all
0: right what's the track i mean uh, give me an idea of the course because i'm trying to visualize and clearly that got to be part of the bid and and you want to make it as scenic as possible it's not just hosting this event you want people to see it so so take me around what's what's the course
2: yeah so uh, preliminarily um we're still in discussion to, to do the final uh course their folks were here we gave them multiple multiple options downtown um but right now uh preliminarily and this could change uh we're looking at uh kind of an emphasis on Lake Eola, of course, uh, as a focal point, and uh, we anticipate that uh, we will use uh, multiple streets throughout downtown Orlando, possibly into Delaney Park, uh, a number of other uh, opportunities, but not quite there yet, uh, Mark, but as soon as we have the course finished, uh, we will definitely be sharing that next with uh, the community
0: I'm just kind of curious. Are you required for example we've got a lot of historical brick streets versus paved streets? Does that have to be taken into consideration for this
2: yes um there's a um, there's definitely a point of emphasis on paved streets versus brick streets uh, Narrow streets aren't great either because obviously um you've got you've got a lot of things going. Right, you've got uh, you know the athletes could be bunched up at, at certain points. You've got uh, you've got uh, NBC cameras on the back of uh, motorcycles that have to uh, you know film the event. So there are a number of different um, uh, uh, intricate uh, variables that go into the course design. Thankfully, like I said, we've got John and Betsy Hughes and their course designers. They'll do an incredible job putting the best course uh, out there. But I think that, you know, ultimately the big appeal for Orlando was flat.
0: A flat course. I think we lost Jason. <laughs> Trying to get Jason back. He was in the middle. He you there? Oh, we lost him. Uh, we'll get Jason back. Um, Great Orlando Sports.com can read more about it. Um, and, and, yes, the track shack folks are, I mean, just royalty in the area when it comes to uh, running and all the events they've been a part of, and for those that are part of that fraternity of runners, whether it's five Ks downtown, Disney marathons out in Claremont, and, and all around the area, they—I mean—they're the, the the standard of when it comes to that industry of working uh, with people. And uh, as Jason said, a big part of luring this event here, and uh, it, it it's rare that they bring an event like that to this part of the country. And even though Jason said they've gone to Atlanta, they have the history of working obviously, of uh, the Olympics, so it's a great get for Orlando. All right, you were back, and I lost you when you said about flatness of the course and stuff like that.
2: Yeah, flat course was, uh, that was the number one variable that I think gave us the edge over the other cities. Uh, A flat course will produce um, all-time, you know, records. Um, You know, obviously, the weather should be really good. Uh, This is February 3rd, we're talking about. Um, but, you know, everything goes in. Due points, weather, um, the, the, the hilliness of the course, um, all of those things will play a role in ultimately getting these great uh, uh, running times. So we're really excited about the opportunity.
0: Uh, we've started college basketball. Remind folks, uh, now it's good time to buy tickets. we got the, uh, 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 the NCAA uh, tournament coming here March 16th and 18th in Amway
2: yeah really uh looking forward to we have a big site visit coming up our uh, friends from the NCA will be in town in a couple of weeks to uh walk through amway center uh we are doing a great job selling tickets thus far i think we're in the top group of the eight cities uh who have been on sale uh there's uh a lot of information if folks are interested in premium seating and uh, uh you know vip seating they should contact our office uh, but we're really excited to host. Uh, first time we've hosted since 2017. So excited to see who will be playing in Orlando those uh, eight teams uh, in March. Looking forward to that as well.
0: Anything else on the horizon you can tell us about a sneak peek of anything?
2: Yeah, no, uh, you know, looking forward to seeing uh, you know how the rest of uh, we've got new tournament director and Arnold Palmer, uh, Drew Donovan takes over there. Uh, we've had a number of conversations, of course, uh, you know, Terrell Buckley and uh, the folks at XFL are taking over uh, some really good, exciting information coming out soon about the big LPGA event uh, that takes place. Uh, I'm actually heading to Lake Nona now. Uh, so looking forward to the uh, Hilton Grand Vacations event in January. Uh, we've got uh, in May, uh, Division one, two, and three tennis national championships all under one roof at the USPA. Uh, really exciting time! Magic Solar Bears, UCF football. We got to get a win over Tulane. We will be Tulane, right, Mark?
0: You got to be confident, otherwise you got no chance.
2: Yeah, I mean, and and I mean, if they beat Tulane, do we immediately slide into the seventeen, sixteen spot?
0: I think a win gets UCF inside the top 20, and then, again, they have Navy at home next week, then at South Florida, and if they win the next three, they're guaranteed to host the conference championship game, and if that happens, then they'd be playing for a spot in the Cotton Bowl.
2: That's fabulous. Coach Messer, Coach Dawkins, uh, You know, UCF uh, basketball underway. It's just a great time to be in Orlando. Bowl games, I mean, uh, so much going on in the next uh, three to six months.
0: All right, learn more. Go to greatorlandosports.com. You can even read more information on the Olympic trials for the marathon coming up. And, yes, the link to get tickets for the NCAA tournament as the regional comes to the Amway Center. I know you're busy. Thanks for catching up. Be safe. Appreciate it.
2: Thanks, Mark. Okay, take care.
0: Jason Siegel, president, CEO of the Greater Orlando Sports Commission. This guy wants to be one of the water guys, right? Yeah. I'm by the run. And, you know, There you go. He took mine. Throwing cups of water. We got a problem with a guy in Fifth Street. Why? he's just throwing water at people right now. Hey, I thought I told you to hand him the cones. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, that's kind of neat to think about what the course might look. You know, and being the runner that I am, asking about you know the uh, surface conditions, Scott. <laughs> you know, that's true. You are in. Are you in these site meetings? <laughs> no, no, but I, I'm not speaking as an experienced runner. There is a difference of the brick roads versus flat surface. And for those that sometimes have knee, ankle, and leg problems, you know the difference sometimes of running on some of that stuff. All right, we come back. We'll put a wrap on the Friday show next.
3: Time for the latest news, gossip, trends, and off-the-wall stories.
0: Trends. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. What do you got this weekend, Chief?
1: Uh, Let's see. I got a UCF football game
0: that I'm producing tomorrow? Scott is producing tomorrow's UCF football game. Uh Uh-huh. Nervous? Very, honestly. Yeah. Chris Vasquez, our producer, is going to the Packers-Cowboys game in Green Bay.
1: Because he's a Packers fan.
0: Cowboy fan. So, Scott is producing, and... I mean, you've produced everything, (laughs) but you're nervous for the football I am, A little bit of a bigger challenge here. There's a lot more involved. Six-and-a-half-hour broadcast Mm -hmm. here, and... Lots of elements and mm-hmm. things to record, and uh, in-game email to send to <laughs> yeah. people because you got highlights and stuff. Crazy post-game show format with us traveling and everything. Yes, so, yeah, wow. I was and, kind of
1: like, please let it have been a home game. No, it's a road but game. Now,
0: but now you get to hear the banter of the crew.
1: I heard a little the, bit the, of this, the, the
0: off-the-air stuff.
1: I heard a little bit of this the other day when I was shadowing Chris. Woo.
0: Yeah. So
1: I'm I'm excited. I am nervous, but it's like, like I mean, I, like you said, I've done basketball, I've done baseball, so I'm I'm familiar with producing a game,
0: right? So just a lot more elements. It's a lot this more time. elements. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, it'll be exciting, huh?
1: And I mean, if it starts going bad, I'll just leave.
0: <laughs> Scott, what? Scott? <laughs> I don't know. He's not there. <laughs> Call. We called. He's not there. I don't know what to do. No, I'll leave you guys
1: on though. So at least you're on the air. Ah. Okay.
0: <laughs> okay. There you go. Well.
1: No, I, I uh, I've got that. Uh, so yeah, I've got that to look forward to. Okay, excited.
0: Okay, there you go.
1: Uh, I, I get to hang out with you. I get to hang out with you a lot coming up. We get, you know, the show five days a week. I'm doing the game tomorrow, and then I'm doing the game Monday night, the UCF basketball game.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we get UCF basketball tonight against FSU. Six thirty tip at seven. Uh, the Magic and the Phoenix Suns will be on uh, 104.5. The Beat. Uh, Six thirty tip at uh, seven o'clock as well. So yeah. Anything else you got planned for the weekend?
1: Are we doing an overtime today? Do you have time to do an overtime today? Sure. Okay. Then we're doing an overtime
0: today as well. We'll do a beta sports overtime uh today. Um I'll get some things to chat about uh with that. So
1: yeah. Right. Any movies planned for the uh for the flight?
0: Any podcasts downloaded? So the airline we take, they do have a little bit of an online app. Mm-hmm. They do offer some movies. Mm-hmm would be nice if they maybe updated them to some maybe newer stuff.
1: What is it? Like network pretty woman uh Untouchables. uh
0: yeah, what was the the last Avengers movie?
1: Avengers Endgame? Yeah. Oh, okay. Did you watch it?
0: No. Oh.
1: Oh, by the way, Black Panther uh Wakanda Forever. It's the 30th movie. Now is your time to get in. Get in on what? On the franchise. To on watch the Marvel the first- you got to watch the first 29 Okay. to understand the story.
0: All right. Okay. Uh, that's it. We're out of here for the week. Thanks for hanging out with us. Miss any of today's show. Download it. Listen on demand for you or any of the interviews. You can find it where you get your favorite podcast. Just type in uh, the Beat of Sports. It's Veterans Day today. Take a moment and uh, thank someone that helps uh, protect your freedoms, okay, whether they're with us and shake their hand and thank them and think of those that uh, uh, died for us, and um, at least make good use of Veterans Day. Other than for some, hey, the bank or the mail's not coming today. So, uh, and we always end the week reminding you: do something kind for someone who doesn't expect it. Little appreciate it. You feel better about yourself. It's easy to be kind. Work at it. Have a nice weekend. Uh, we'll do a little bit of sports overtime on Instagram Live. Otherwise, we'll see you back here Monday. Scott produced on Mark Daniels of the Sports.